You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am so excited for the Batman movie. I cannot express that em- enough how excited I am for the Batman. And so today on Systematic Geekology, we are going to talk about Batman. We are the priests of the geeks, meaning that we are mediators between the Christian faith and pop culture. This is not a trap or a bait and switch. We're just a couple of DC guys who want to talk about what will hopefully be a great movie. And if you think that what we're doing here is pretty great as well, you should go on over to Systematic Ecology, or excuse me, patreon.com slash Systematic Ecology, where you can subscribe to one of our tiers and unlock some great bonus content because everybody likes bonus content. I'm one of your hosts for today's episode, Brandon Knight. I'm a seminary student. And I don't know if there's really been... Oh, I know. Recently... I started watching the new, I guess it's not that new, the new season just came out, the Netflix exclusive series Disenchantment, Disenchanted, Disenchanted, that's what it's called. Uh, It's a Matt Groening cartoon. I love Futurama. I love The Simpsons. So this was right up my alley for something to give a try. I am Joe. I am uh, one of the hosts here and I have been doing um, a wonderful deep dive into... Batman, Batman adjacent stuff. A lot of the movies. Uh, my wife and I are going to start watching the movies and all of that. But I've been watching through like YouTube reviews of them and things like that, and just okay. really diving into now that like we're almost there as far as the the new uh, Batman movie. Yes, and today once again we're going to be talking about Batman. Now, according to the script. Uh, It says that I'm actually supposed to open the episode with a question, but come on, y'all. You know who Batman is, right? But this (laughs) is square one. Batman is one of those characters through longevity, being a golden age character, and also just sheer osmosis. Everybody knows who Batman is. Batman, Superman, thanks to the MCU, I would also throw Iron Man in there. Is one are just some of those characters that have transcended from our very niche world into just mainstream pop culture. We're not here to talk about Oh, give me someone obscure. We're not here to talk about Madman or the Flaming Carrot for all you obscure 90s character lovers. We're here to talk about arguably, at least who I would say, is the greatest superhero ever. What do you got, Joe? So greatest superhero superhero ever might need to be something that just gets put on put on the shelf. And I walk past that one, that rabbit trail. Um, but fair. You know, when you're talking about pop culture um, figures, right, P- pieces of mm-hmm. pop culture, that's rarefied air. You know, the mm-hmm. the Mar- or the movie version of Iron Man um, over on the Marvel side, Thor maybe over on the Marvel side. But with DC, you're talking about the Trinity, right? You're talking mm-hmm. about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I- I'm not sure I could think of a world where somebody listening to this doesn't know who Batman is. You know what I mean? It's the same deal as with the movies, right? What's the chief complaint that people who have followed superhero movies 
always talk about. We don't need to see the pearls anymore. We know about the pearls. From that point, once you, once you move past the pearls, um, you you are now into a character that has so many different takes, so many different stories across decades and decades and all mm-hmm. of that. And we're talking about not only one of the very best that the super superhero world has to offer, you're talking about a character that has some of the very best of comic book storylines and storytelling mm-hmm. that the comic book world has to offer. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, Batman on the DC side of things, Batman, some of his stories are right up there in the, you have to read it. You can't, right. you can't sleep on death in the family. You can't sleep on Arkham Asylum. You can't sleep on the dark Knight returns or uh nightfall breaking of the bat. Like all of these stories are just good writing. It is good storytelling. These are stories that have been used in almost every movie we go back to you look the Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan borrows, especially in the final one, borrows a lot from Nightfall and Breaking of the Bat. Um, the Batman versus Superman was a lot of Dark Knight Returns, specifically the battle scene between um, Superman and Batman. There's been this underlying narrative of death in the family has occurred in the DCEU. And with this most current Batman movie, one of the two sources i believe there's two main sources that they're pulling from for matt reeves's batman film is batman year one and also the long halloween are two of the main uh features for this series or for this film right and not not to be not to be not included because some dc movie fan is screaming at their phone right now um the nolan films also i realized in I'm not sure I realized it when I was watching the movies the first time because Mm -hmm. I wasn't as into Batman comics at that particular point in time. It was actually the Nolan films that got me into reading more Batman versus just the movies. Um, But Nolan's uh, Batman absolutely calls upon uh, Batman year one with Mm -hmm. like Batman begins draws heavily on that in very specific regards it's definitely not a beat for beat storytelling just like matt reeves uh, movie isn't going to be a beat for beat storytelling i am sure of year one or the long halloween um but you know that to me is one of the most exciting things about this particular the upcoming movie right you we've seen the pearls we've seen nolan did a wonderful job with what he did the last movie has some flaws you know what i mean it it, the continuity is a little fugazi but the whole thing as a complete story is well done if if not a little too grounded for being batman because you do lose Mm -hmm. some things when it's a little too grounded but Mm -hmm. good in its storytelling approach but we've seen all of the 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 points of view that we've seen about batman are the ones that we've seen many times it looks Mm -hmm. like to me by all indication that that reeves's upcoming movie is going to have two very important beats to it for 90s 90s kids like us a Mm -hmm. 
there's yes, we had Batman Begins, but Batman Begins tried to tell a lot of story in a very short period of time. Yes. This seems like this is going to be more in that spirit of year one where we're living in a fresh to being Batman Bruce Wayne and a younger, less experienced Jim Gordon and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth and a younger Gotham if they decide Mm -hmm. to go that route of making Gotham a character because, in my opinion, the best Batman storytelling makes Gotham part of the story as far as just being this living, breathing character along with all of the mainstays. Mm -hmm. So having that be a forward beat of it, oh, is super excited. But we we cannot get out of having this conversation without talking about, you know, the the chief thing. I'll ask you, Brandon, mm-hmm. being from the time frame that we're in, when you hear Batman, what's the first thing that you think of? The very thing I opened the show with batman the animated series i I, that was that is what i was raised on i was raised on batman the animated series um love it love it so much you want to make me happy let's do a marathon of that batman beyond and angry beavers i will be such a happy little kid again if those are if we could just throw those on for a good day um actually all this month so my birthday is actually at the end of the month as well and uh, so all this month i am going to watch and or read as much batman as i possibly can and that's one thing i'm gonna do i'm gonna see how far i can get with the animated series i love that show so much and when the first trailer came out for the Batman, because we have to call it the correct title, the Batman. Um, when the first trailer came out, I wasn't excited when I heard that there was a new Batman coming out. Cause at the time when the initial trailer came out, um, granted I do like Matt Reeves or at least the two planet of the eight films that he did, I thought were fantastic. And I'm sure he's done other things, but to me, Pattinson is Twilight Boy. Like, that's that's what I know him from. He is the vampire guy. Um, so when I heard that they're doing a young Batman while Ben Affleck is still technically Batman, but it's not connected to the DCEU, I'm like, whatever. Okay, I mean, I'll watch it because it's Batman, but I don't care. And it's the first trailer... And I'm watching it and somebody in the trailer says, who are you? And he Batman lands on the ground. He looks up and he's about ready to deliver a line. And for the past, whatever it's been now, 10 plus years, we've got Batman. Right. And he looks down the camera and says, I am vengeance. Yep, bro. I about hit the floor. I. I did not see that coming. They caught me off guard. I. And I was instantly, I didn't care. I didn't care about anything else in the trailer. I was instantly hooked. The only other thing I remember thinking from that trailer is, oh, that car is pretty good too. I like the Batmobile. Yeah. I I think the, uh, I, for me, the whole vibe, like when he landed and said that, and then like that coupled with the, the soundtrack for it, like the mm-hmm. the music in the in the actual um trailer and then mm-hmm. just the whole presentation of it i'm like we wait a minute we're finally going to get a batman that is accentuated to be the the greatest the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. and that kind of noir 
approach. That's part of why I am such an apologist for the older, the well, I should say the first two older um, Batman movies is because they they were hmm. actually like they they explored or they wanted to explore the fact that Bruce Wayne is a screwed up individual. And they mm-hmm. were they wanted to go more of that noir psychological route yeah. with it. Now it looks it looks like finally somebody has put has picked up that baton mm. when for a whole generation, like a lot of times it's 80s kids that really resonate with those movies more than 90s kids. For mm-hmm. us, our generation, our Batman, if you will, is Kevin Conroy. Like yeah. he when I read the comics. I cannot help but read uh, Batman as Kevin Conroy at all every time. That's what I hear in my head. And so Mm -hmm. to have what looks like as close to an on-screen version of that Batman as we've had, Mm -hmm. yes. That is honestly, from a visual standpoint, if we're taking the whole piece in, I, in my opinion, this looks to be the best on-screen film presented Batman. Like we're talking total pa- total package, right? I mm-hmm. understand he's he's Twilight guy. He, you know, for a lot of mm-hmm. people, he is for me too. I have not seen. I know he's done other things. I saw mm-hmm. I saw him in that horror movie about lighthouses. That was an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not a huge fan of him as an actor, but. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about the entire presentation, the world around him, the way that he mm-hmm. acts, all of that kind of stuff, that to me threatens to dethrone Batfleck as a better presented Batman. And I was a fan. You said it at the top. Batman versus Superman was called was called from a very specific um, mm-hmm. era in comics. Go mm-hmm. back and read those stories, and you will yeah. find yourself that if you're a out and out Batman fan, then you're going to walk away from that experience with a better with a better appreciation for Batfleck because you know what that kind of bulky, worn down, probably an alcoholic, not to be a little bit too much on the nose given the entirety of the situation, but True. but that sort of that that sort of presentation. I mean that, that that's what we got with 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 Batfleck. So to see mm-hmm. this off the heels of that, I'm like, this is this this threatens to be at the top of the the pile. And I know hot takes for all of you Nolan fans out there. I understand it's okay. You can you can get in touch with me at Brandon at System. I'm just kidding. We don't have email addresses. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> for this very reason, because I don't want people telling me that Christian Bale is the best Batman. You're yeah. you're you're entitled to your opinion. It's fine. It's fine. Yep, yep. And I so. think, and to be fair, I think everybody. Yeah, I'm willing to say this. I think everybody who has been cast to play Batman slash Bruce Wayne in the era that they were called to play Batman fits. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, Jim Carrey's take on the Riddler. I don't know if it's just because it's like, if I shut off my brain and I'm not, and I'm like, I'm not trying to approach it from the point of view of this is a comic book accurate um, Riddler and all of that. Like that's, that's not what, intrigues me about his take on the character mm-hmm. it's ridiculous it's slapstick mm-hmm. for anybody who likes three stooges you're gonna love that 
Yeah. And that's 100% what I grew up on was that were the Stooges. So to <laughs> me, it was a great fit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, let's, uh, drag things back over to the Batman for a second. Cause it looks like, and we'll see how the film goes, but it looks like our primary antagonist is going to be the Riddler. Joe, what do you think of the, at least from what we have seen of the Riddler so far in the film, what do you think? So let me, let me answer your question with a question. So that way I, I know the context. Sure. Have you seen Gotham? The TV series? Yeah. Uh, the first two or three seasons. Okay, yeah, that's about where I stopped too. When when it started, when we started getting Baby Batman was about when I checked out. Yeah, um, yeah, somewhere but, around there. So so pound for pound, I honestly think that their portrayal of Edward Nigma is probably the best. Okay, in my opinion, because they really went the route of showing that psychotic side, that sadistic okay. side, that sort of that sort of deal, like the actual mental lapse that you see in this person that is devolving and becoming um, the Riddler, and okay. that to me is some of the best Batman storytelling on the screen because there's, we're talking about, we're talking about a rogues gallery that has so much nuance and personality to it. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about the character of the Riddler, you're talking about a psycho. You're talking about somebody who is insanely intelligent and you're talking about somebody who is incredibly sadistic. And one mm. of the the deepest character wells out of Batman's story. Yes, we you know we all know about Joker. We all know about the staples of Batman's Rogues Gallery and all of that kind of stuff. But move passing, moving past that onto other characters, suddenly you have the world is your oyster. And for mm. my money, you're talking about characters that haven't really been touched in a large scale way in a lot of years and being presented in a new way that it almost feels like this new, like new breath of life that's been Mm -hmm. breathed into these movies because it's not just another Joker movie, you know? Yeah. If Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves, if if you're listening to this, because we all know you're a big fan of systematic ecology, you're all the time on systematic ecology.org giving us ideas to talk about stuff. But if you're if you're listening, buddy, save us the Joker, save the Joker, just Joker needs to be. And I think Pastor Will said this way back in October when we did our favorite supervillains list. Maybe it was you. I don't remember which one said it, but somebody said Joker needs to be that character that when you get to the very end of the story and you find out, oh boy, here comes the Joker. You don't lead with the Joker. You build to the Joker. Joker is the ultimate final boss. I mean, you can get into all the weird stuff going on in DC right now and the Batman who laughs and all that type of stuff. But on a normal level, you build to the Joker. And then afterwards is when the Joker becomes a normal part of the story. You can maybe say that for Bane as well. I've never, I've never cared about Bane and this is a nineties guy. Like I've never, something about Bane has never really clicked with me. Um, But he's another one, which is what Christopher Nolan did is he built to Bane. Batman has such a deep roster of characters of in the rogues gallery department. There are so many people that you can use. That's part of the reason why I really like Batman begins. It's because who do you get? 
you got Scarecrow and Rajal Ghul or Razal Ghul, depending on what side of the tracks you're from. Um, and these are two characters that we had not had on the screen yet. And again, for us 90s guys, we connect pretty closely, at least with Rajal Ghul. That was my whole pull for that movie was here's Liam Neeson being this creepy character who like is so powerful and yet so unassuming just like Liam Neeson in real life. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the Riddler because at least from the trailers that we have gotten so far, and I don't think this is a large jump, but I'm getting jigsaw a little bit, not from the torture level of saw, but from the, how they're depicting him from that, the depiction of the character I'm getting, this weird like stalkery I'm going to hack your phone and drop you a weird message and then put you through all of this weird stuff to make you solve my riddle rather than um, what's his face in Batman 66 drawing you know the riddles up in the sky with like airplanes and things like that. I'm interested to see what they do with the Riddler. Yeah. If, if the Riddler's done right and you know, again, to go back to Jim Carrey's version, it was a different presentation. Like mm-hmm. that was like Looney Tunes crazy, like yes, doing was. random stuff crazy rather than like actually methodically psychotic. But what we're talking about here is family uh, firmly in that psychot actually psychotic sort of sort of mm-hmm. presentation, not mm-hmm. just using psycho as uh, as an adjective like. No, that we're we're talking about that because that's what his character is. And if you if you go there and you go into like this dude, you fundamentally believe that like the darkest of not good things are mm-hmm. gonna you know like he's in that kind of category because that's to me if you're gonna have a lived in dark world for Batman to play in and you want to build out a franchise because I'll mm-hmm. say it, I think Bat, uh, Battinson can, can do it. I think sure. if, as long as he's in the right world, it will make up for the issues of him being the bat. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is with the problem that the issues with him being the bat are just because a whole generation of people have only ever seen him as the squid, the, the sparkly guy from vampire flicks. Honestly, to break the fourth wall here a little bit, we stepped into this episode with the intention of kind of giving some recap of Batman Year One. But if they take anything from this story, honestly, my recommendation is just go out and read the story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you want source material from a younger Batman that will likely get too hyped for this uh, for this movie not promising that that's what they're going to take take it from mm-hmm. don't just go and read the story like like brandon mm-hmm. said at the top you know this is we're talking about that rarefied air of comic book storytelling that it would not do it justice to sit here and to take 10 minutes and to recap the entirety mm-hmm. of year one because you're talking about a fresh-faced um mm-hmm. uh bruce wayne out of the you know just just off of his expedition of of training you're talking about a young selena kyle you're mm-hmm. talking about a young uh detective gordon so on and so forth yeah 
and uh Carmine Fal- Falcone. I think that's the yeah. big that is going to be the biggest. Well, other than Bruce being young, I think that's the other big connection that we're going to have going into this version of the Batman is coming back to something you said a while back ago, how Gotham is a character. Gotham City is a character. And early on, I think a lot of us know Gotham as this crime ridden town. They shot a lot of the Nolan film over by me here in Chicago. Um, and, but we, I think we have this idea a lot of times that Gotham is the town of supervillains. I don't know if you've watched it all, the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO Max. I have. It's really funny. And in season two, the supervillains just divide up Gotham City into territories. And I think that's kind of how we feel about Gotham City is that it's, it's just overran with all these supervillains. But when you get back to the original core, it's gangs. It's it's a gang territory, like mafia level gangs. And Falcone has always been one of the major players in the um, in the Gotham City crime syndicate. Yeah, I uh, that's one of the things that I I think uh, I'm the most optimistic for that if they take if they take anything like there's there's a very there's a a couple of very key points that i would that i really hope that that they take and that's one of them there's one other character i want to highlight who looks like is going to be a main player in the batman film and that is selena kyle catwoman joe i don't know what your take is but in my opinion we've yet to get a good Catwoman. I mean, you kind of got to go back all the way to Batman Adam West 66, really, for me to say, oh, that's a decent Catwoman. I am not a fan, really, of all the more recent attempts. Joe, what do you think? So there's one name that I have to pull out from this conversation and give some credit to, and that's Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. I think she is an underrated Catwoman. I think she was good in those films and I would have liked to see more material from her version of, uh, Catwoman. Okay. Um, outside of that, I, yes, I think other than that, I would, I would have to point to 66 as Catwoman for any kind of at least compelling or good or entertaining, um Catwoman presentation and the rest of them to me you know we don't talk about Holly Berry's attempt but like that, that whole thing was a mess yeah Selena Kyle having cat ears in in the in Nolan's world um was I that's part of I, I can I can so resonate with the whole idea of wanting but to me this is their shot to bring in to bring in well done the Catwoman mm-hmm to be a part of this universe and explain in a halfway logical way why she's running around in a cat suit. Here's your shot. Take your shot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. I, that I think would be really compelling to have her be a background player throughout this universe. We don't need to see her one and done. We don't need to see her just get her 15 minutes of fame. Let mm-hmm. her be a background character because sure. that's what she is in the comics. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm drawing a blank. I can't even think who who played her in the Nolan 
What's her name? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Terrible decision. I don't yeah. know who signed off on that one. And there's from the moment I think there's a lot of bad character calls in that movie. Bane yeah. is another one. Why can't Tom Hardy just deliver lines? Why doesn't anybody just let Tom Hardy talk? Why does he have to do a stupid voice all the time? But yeah. there was something about Anne Hathaway that I was like, there to there the it factor wasn't there because you need and i know we're a christian podcast so sorry everybody catwoman needs to have a level of sexiness to her yeah you know and there was there's a again going here this is the answer noir she's the femme fatale she's the the character who you know She's way more dangerous than she really is. And Anne Hathaway did not have that. I'm interested to see what they do with our new young Selena Kyle. She her outfit is very simple. There's not really too much. You know, we're not trying to really capitalize on anything sexist here. It's just a girl in a costume. Um, And we'll see how her and Pattinson's chemistry is because it already looks like they're trying to do their romance angle from the get go. So we'll see. I think it's time to have a good one. So I'm actually I'm open to seeing an on air relationship between the bat and the cat. Okay. Um, And I say it like that for a reason, because you can't just do the, the most intriguing part of that relationship is not Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. It's the bat and the cat. Right. You know what I mean? And and so I'm open to that so long as they, I guess, let it breathe, I guess is a good way of putting it. Okay. You know, we don't need this, you know, cheeky interaction where, you know, she's stealing from him and all of that kind of stuff. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you can have the introduction be as their, you know, alter egos, you know, not as, the costume version, mm-hmm. but from that point, I really think it's important to push push that part of it. Even if it's the, even if we're going to see the origin story of Catwoman in this movie, and she's mm-hmm. not in the outfit for very long, which honestly it shouldn't be that flashy. That's one of sure. the the things that I really appreciated about uh, Hawkeye was the line that he said that he spent however many years being oh. uh, paid to be a ghost or yeah. whatever the line was. But I'm like, yes, that's why you don't run around in a purple outfit with things on your face. That's lit- but that was a great simple explanation. That to me needs to exactly that needs to happen with not having the big showy, the ridiculous, the big Mm -hmm. elaborate outfit, whatever, you know, Batman's one thing it's armor for lack of a better phrase, dressed up to be a bat. Okay, fine. But we don't need to have bright green spandex with question marks. (laughs) If you don't know, figure it out. Uh, (laughs) Or, or or this woman dressed up to be a cat, unless Mm -hmm. they go that route of Mm -hmm. saying, okay, we're going to lean into the fact that this is part of the, the, the character that garners intimidation with the crime level people. And who are these psychos dressed up, mm-hmm. dressed up like animals and all of that kind of stuff. Cool. If that's the case, then let her dress up like a cat. That's sure. fine. But still be willing to explore the fact that, and again, go back to our, our episode on moon Knight to figure out probably some of the low key things as to what this speaks to, mm-hmm. but allow for a world where you can talk about the um, 
the 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 comic book stylings of how those two typically go when they try and do the romance angle because i think mm-hmm. that was some of the best part of tom king's run on batman mm, i think okay. a lot of tom king's run on batman was a dumpster fire sorry will but <laughs> i i really don't think that it was that very, that good um but but that was one of my favorite parts was exploring mm. what this relationship would look like and spoilers uh <laughs> you you have two people who dress up like animals who are who are psychologically traumatized for various reasons how do you mm. think it goes you know what i mean right yeah that's true I haven't read a lot of that Tom King run, but I did go ahead and buy the wedding issue, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen. But I still wanted it just Mm -hmm. to have it. Uh, Joe, any closing thoughts on the Batman before we start wrapping the show up? Yeah, um, honestly, I would say, you know, like I said, this is more of a this is more of a hype reel than anything else. Um, But we talked about a couple of very key uh, stories within batman this is kind of my recommendation and parting thoughts all into one okay don't be afraid to go out and read the source material mm-hmm. go out and read batman year one go out and read um batman arkham asylum you know go, go out and read the dark knight returns so on so forth. all of these ones that we've referenced all along the way mm-hmm. um you know you you will i i'm willing to hedge that even at, at minimum, they're great stories, but I really do think that this movie is going to pull aspects of each one. Yeah, and I, I guess to start wrapping some of my thoughts up on this is, remember, kids, this is not a Marvel movie. Let's never yes. forget. This is not a Marvel movie. So there, I don't know what it's going to be like. We're not high profile enough to get a early access screenings yet. Yet. We're not that high profile yet. Um, so we haven't seen it. Uh, as of the recording of this. But remember, it's not a Marvel film. So chances are there's going to be no tongue-in-cheek comedy moment. Just going off of the trailer alone, I'm thinking this is going to be a pretty straight film, pretty dark. Um, the early artic- early reports from early screens were saying that uh, the opening sequence is something that movie superhero movie fans have never seen before. To which I told my brother that if the opening scene is the pearls, I might just walk out of the theater because I've seen that enough. But it's going to be different. It's going to be different for us longtime Batman fans, for you Marvel fans. It's going to be different from what you're used to. Definitely grab some of this source material because either way, it's good reading. We're talking Frank Miller, Grant Morrison. We're talking good writers here. So and have fun. I think best case scenario, this again leads to a multi-film franchise by Matt Reeves that maybe instead of building to a cohesive DC universe, maybe we just build the Bat family. Maybe that's a more plausible route to go of introducing Nightwing and Jason Todd and Damien and all the other Batgirl. I mean, we'll see. As far as I know, this isn't connected to the DCEU, right? This is its own island right now. Right now, yes, there's nothing that, it, as a matter of fact, Matt Reeves has been very vocal. Like, th- don't get me wrong, there's a million different, depending on whose source and what on Twitter you look at, sure. there's a million different takes coming out that, you know, it will, it won't, yada, yada, yada. The, I, the, the reality is that as of right now, absolutely nothing has been presented 
that says that this is part of the larger continuity. Um, if it's as straight as it seems like it's going to be, um, I feel like it breaks the continuity, but mm-hmm. say lovey, um, that continuity has already been broken. Um, it's like X-Men levels of broken. <laughs> oh, for real. Um, and, and honestly, to me, even if you need to hit the brakes on Justice, uh, Justice League stuff, it's worth it to at least start to develop some good storytelling. So, so what do you talk about? What do you talk about when from scripture, when it comes to a character like Batman, the place I want to take us to today is this concept of new beginnings. This is for all intents and purposes, a new beginning for the Batman franchise in a story that is about a brand new Batman. And the Bible has a lot to say when it comes to new beginnings. You know, we are new creations when we come to know Christ as Savior. There is a a reset, for lack of a better term, when it comes to us coming into the family of God. And this is the idea I want to run with here, Joe. What do you think when it comes to this idea of new beginnings? How does that affect us in our narrative? So, you know, to, to tie it into the source material... A lot of diehards will say that the character is Batman. The alter ego is Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've, I've often wondered whether or not the appreciation for, for the, telling the story of you know, different personas and a new beginning and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. my inherent enjoyment of that storyline, because you know, that's the one that Christians live out, yeah. is what, part of why I appreciate the Batman mythos and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, that's so anything that I exposit here doesn't do justice to how vital and beautiful and humbling and so many countless other words that idea of new beginnings is mm-hmm. for the Christian because we have the opportunity to set out into something entirely different, entirely new, entirely set apart. Yeah. If we accept it. And I mean that even as, even as Christians, I'm not just talking about, you know, getting saved and whatever like that, because guys, I'm sorry, but the sinner's prayer, I'll lay this bombshell and then just walk away from it. The sinner's prayer isn't in scripture and we walk away. Um, <laughs> So, so accepting that role and everything that comes along with being a part of the kingdom and all of that kind of stuff, that's the thing that changes your life. That's, Mm -hmm. that's taking on an entirely new identity, son and daughter of God, beloved, Mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things. And that comes with wonders and rights and responsibilities and privileges Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth into, to quote Aladdin, a whole new world. You know what I mean? It's, it's this wonderful new lease on life no yes i i understand that we are we are <laughs> pivoting from concept to concept not storyline to storyline we're not trying to say that this was what batman went under oh but, yeah no you know it, it's oh it's the reason why we get to have hope mm-hmm. and it's the reason why a lot of times you can put your you can still put one foot in front of the other and you mm-hmm. can keep going 
because I think that that's part of why to go back to Batman, we resonate as humans with stories of tragedy because Mm -hmm. we've experienced tragedy. We find some of the best storytelling in the depths of human sorrow and experience because we've experienced our own versions of just those things. And so what we talk about, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of talking that gets done about this whole Christian thing. But when you boil it down, when you take away the man-made aspects, when you take away the man-made perspectives, and I'm this ist, and I'm this ism, and all Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff, um, you are left with the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why we get to truly and completely walk away from the broken, decrepit, creature that you see in the mirror Mm -hmm. and i think again bouncing back and forth between these two concepts what we're gonna see in this movie if you read year one is batman doesn't have it all together it's not like he's got a perfect plan and is gonna execute it perfectly and similarly just when you be when you become a new creation when you live this christian life you ain't gonna do it right You're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have your own breaking of the bat moments at times. Moments. You know, life isn't just one big, you know, there's not just one big climatic, horrible moment. Like some of us go through bad situations over and over and over again. But what is great, and this is where the illustration breaks down in the best possible way, is that we don't pull ourselves back up by our bootstraps. Like Batman does have Alfred. I'll give you that. But oftentimes it's Batman getting back up. We don't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. There is grace to get us back up. We continue our story. We continue our narrative as becoming these new creations through grace, through grace. And remember, you know, C.S. Lewis puts it that, Becoming like Christ is more like painting a portrait than following a set of rules. We're not trying to hit the marks perfectly every single time. We're trying to recreate an image. That's all, that's what we're doing. We are recreating an image. Our image is being recreated as new creatures. Joe, any last thoughts? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's it in a nutshell. You know, we we love these these nerddoms and all of that kind of stuff, but you were talking about things that should be right there at the core and foundation of you know our passions on both sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we we can love Batman and all of that kind of stuff, but the things that we're talking about are so fundamental to the beauty and richness and all of these things, why we do what we do, why we hammer on with all of this, why we can at least have hope in something that we're we're talking about the very core and foundation. And these should be the things that make you passionate. These are the things that, that we can sit and talk about and sermonize about and exposit about and all of these things because they're so deep. They're so rich. They're so wonderful. And with, there's so many aspects of it that we simply just do not understand, but we still have it. So, mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start wrapping this episode up. We've done a lot of Batman recommendations. <laughs> 
That's basically what the whole episode was. We literally recommended you going and seeing the new movie. So is there any other recommendations you would have maybe outside of Batman or still within the Batman world? So outside of Batman, if you're into, um, I guess, darkest timeline sort of storytelling, like that darker side of storytelling um, with with very common IPs, um, free right now on Comixology, the first couple of issues, is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin. I am hammering on this because throughout the last couple of episodes, because these are the ones that, you know, to pull the curtain back a little bit, are coming out a little bit closer to when they're recorded. These aren't going to sit in the can too awfully long. So <laughs> I, you're, you're hearing this repeatedly out of me for a reason. Mm-hmm. Read this comic. It is superb in mm-hmm. its execution and really reminds me of the 80s Turtles with the volume turned up to 11. Okay. Cool. Uh, as for me, I yeah, I got to read those. Sorry. I know I'm supposed to be recommending something. I got to read those. I had it in my hand one day and then I grabbed something else. I don't remember what I grabbed. Oh, it was a Batman comic. The irony of the situation. Um, for me, I'm going to do a I'm going to do one more Batman recommendation. We talked a lot about the animated series and how great it was in the 90s. I would also like to recommend, this was a Batman series that came out when I was in high school. It's a little bit more kid-friendly, but my brothers are younger than me, so I was watching it with them. It's called Batman the Brave and the Bold. And if you're a DC person, you know that the Brave and the Bold was a... It's an on-again, off-again series that they have been doing throughout for decades that takes two characters typically two characters that don't roll together and they work together. Usually it's like a one-off story, maybe two issues. And that's what this whole series was. This whole cartoon series was, it was Batman teaming up with oftentimes a lot of B DC characters. There's a lot of episodes with blue beetle and plastic man. And a lot of the, the B level characters, it's a lot of fun. And there are some episodes that get that uh, animated series heavy with the storytelling. So it's worth checking out. If you have HBO max, no excuse, check it out. Joe, is there anything, uh, or Joe, is there uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me anywhere where you find podcasts slash at on, uh, on Facebook, uh, five out of the seven, six out of the seven days a week, um, at either buddy walk with Jesus or kingdom on the road. Um, I'm usually on there at some point doing something, um and then like i said we're on all the socials facebook instagram twitter now the wall finally broke and he got on twitter yep and you can find me uh, i have my own show my seminary life where i talk about the things i'm studying grad school and my current class is wrapping up this week so this is actually a great time to come check out a brand new class um you could find it on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on now um and on Facebook and Instagram at my seminary life pod. And I think that's it. Remember you can go on over to systematicology.org to see all of the hosts, all of the episodes, all of the merch, and let us know what you're geeking out on and what you would like us to geek out on. And remember we are all a chosen priesthood, a geekdom of priests.
This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.